It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. If anybody in their right mind is worried about Jalen Brunson translating the next level, then they didn't watch him play. I believe their team is destiny, man. I really do not think that they're going to be denied. Whether it's the fight Bills, the Birds, the Fly Guys, the Process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. Stop feeding John me to car bombs. Run the ball, control the clock, don't do anything stupid. And John Mita. Kids out there, make sure you practice your free throws. Dear God, give me an interview with the Eagles scouting department. I know I can be better. SoundCloud, iTunes, what is up, what is up? It is the one and only, you know what you love it, Brotherly Love Podcast, Spit and Venom Edition, Joe O'Donnell, John Mita. Johnny Meats, are you alive? Are you okay? I'm angry, Joe. You should be angry. Just giving away games, it it just brings on anger. There's nothing worse. Drive down there, you tailgate, having a great time, they win the game. You don't care if you sit in traffic for three hours, but if they lose the game, all you want to do is just get home and just bury the memory. And just like games, like when I record games, like I, I can't even watch that game. So I just delete it right from the DVR right away. Won't even watch it again. Yeah, I, d- I, I, I deleted I deleted the crap out of that game. Uh, I think it was yeah. Sunday night. I just, while I was waiting for you, we were trying to connect. I just watched like eight minutes worth of the sort of the recap on NFL.com. It was a very yeah. pleasant like six minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. And the last ninety seconds, I literally, I wanted to stab something. Well, I called you. I called you. Uh, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Monday morning. I'm like, I'm gonna let things settle. And the first thing I said to you is like, which bridge did you go to? <laughs> and and I your response? Because the GW, because it's it's the highest bridge at all. <laughs> I just want to uh, make sure that I don't survive. No, I'm just kidding. Some people don't take that literal. Believe yes. me. But. Uh, don't try that no, at knowing home. My, no, no, knowing my luck, I'd probably survive. That's probably what my <laughs> sister said. She'd be like, yeah, you'd be the one to survive. This, <laughs> this is the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Twitter, at Love Podcast, where I actually got a reply from John Butcher Gross last night as I was chirping. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, he posted really? he posted that Alex Ovechkin now with, you know, 600-whatever goals, he's this he's ranks here. If he ha- if he averages thirty six, I think a year until he's forty, he'll break Gretzky's record. And I was like, "That's cute and all, no shot." Real. Well, he's only thirty two, so that's eight more years of thirty plus goals a season, and that's obviously, well, that's below his average. I mean, I'm sure he's averaging forty five a year the last decade, but that means he's got to stay in the National Hockey League, which. I know he wants to play in Russia at some point. That means he's got to stay in shape. That means he has to keep up his skating ability because if the game passes you by, take care, comb your hair, and he's got to stay healthy. I, I just don't think the great ones' records will ever be t- ever be touched, period, end of sentence. So. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. Like, if people don't realize, and obviously Gretzky, when we were kids, like, I mean, we were really young when yeah. he was, you know, in his prime. But those records, if you look at them, just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I mean the guy. The guy has more. Who's second in the? Who's second in assists? Right, Yager. He's still like what, like five hundred. Well, uh, Yager. Five? I think Yager's second in points. Gretzky has more assists, more assists than anyone else has points. Right. 
goal and yeah. assist is a point. You know what I mean? I mean, you do the math. Right. Like that's that third. alone. That yeah. sentence alone for me sums up Wayne Gretzky. More assists yeah. in his career than anybody else has points. Like you take out yeah. his 894 goals, he'd still be the league's all-time leading scorer. All right. Well, we weren't going to talk Flyers. We weren't going to talk Wayne Gretzky. We we are probably going to talk anything but the Philadelphia Eagles, who are now three and four. And usually we have a segment, you and I, from time to time, it's our rant. And usually we save it for the end, and a lot of times it's about a different topic we haven't even discussed. But I told you yesterday, I want to start with the rant. I feel like this is a ranting episode. So I will turn the forum over to you, to John, uh, John Mita, here on the Brotherly Love Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Love Podcast. Check us out, SoundCloud and iTunes. If you are listening to this, you know that already. The floor is yours, John Mita. I ain't going to say a word, brother. When you're done, you're done. Just try not to, you know, have an aneurysm. Well, I'll try not to curse either. Um, well, I can bleep just, those out. Go right ahead. It's just ridiculous to watch this team play week in and week out. There's just no consistency. You know, obviously they buried a terrible New York Giants team. They come home. I don't know what's going on with this team. There's no swagger. There's no heart. People don't care. Like Eric Reed, the beginning of the game, gets in Malcolm Jenkins' face. No other players come over to Malcolm Jenkins. Nobody's all fired up. You should want to take their damn heads off. And you just don't see that. Like, where is the fire, right? You don't see anybody getting pissed off. And they're just getting walked over. And then Fletcher Cox, if the game fight comes out, he's like, yeah, they kicked our ass. And then Cam Noon, he's kissing the pylon. Give me a break. Like, and then, you know, Carolina puts on their Twitter page. They got dog masks on, even though, hey, easy Carolina, okay? Last time I checked, you don't have a Super Bowl ring either. All right? So relax. We got one. But here's the deal. It's just the same story week in and week out, and I can't take it. And the play calling, okay? The play calling. Let's start on offense. Like, what are we doing? You know, we are, there's no commitment to running the football, and I get it. You don't have that, that big back, that workhorse, Jay Giants injured. I get it. But you got to commit to the freaking run. Because here's the deal. When you don't commit to the run and you just become pass-happy crazy, like Andy Reid 2.0, okay, what does that do for the defense? It just makes you that much easier to defend. If they don't have to worry about you running the football, that means no play action is going to work. So take that those particular plays out of the book. And, and let's, let's go to the defensive side, Ball, because you know I love defense, Joe. And I want to talk about Jim Schwartz, okay? Listen, did a great job getting the team together, okay? But this guy needs to understand the front four is not getting home. So I know you don't like the blitz, and you're a little vulnerable in the secondary because teams have been getting burned. But if you bring pressure early – and you can get to the quarterback, you're not going to have to worry about your quarterbacks getting burned. Change it the hell up, Jim. You're driving me crazy week in and week out. How many times do I have to see Jalen Mills out there on the corner, and then he gives up a big play, Torrey Smith double moves the hell out of him, all right, gets the fourth and ten, and then when it's fourth and ten, send some heat. Okay, forget this prevent style, back up off the receivers, no bump and run. Like, press these guys. Disrupt the timing for the quarterback. But nothing. The couple of times that he did blitz in the fourth quarter, what happened? It turned into incomplete passes. Like, let's go. People need to go. 
And you got to look at the defensive line. Your defensive line was one of the – I'm like, man, these guys are going to be ferocious. You know, with the signings of Michael Bennett and you get Haloti Nana, obviously bog in the tooth. But, you know, it just goes to show they're missing Timmy Jernigan a little bit. And I know Fletcher Cox is. Because Timmy Jernigan's another monster up front that was able to do some damage. But Jim Shorts, man, honest to God, if I get to see Jalen Mills out on the corner and, like, you know what, here's the deal. Okay, this message goes to Howie Roseman. You see what your football team is right now. Seven games in, they're three and four. To win the division, okay, through a miracle, that means we're probably going to have to go six and three. Okay? They're probably going to have to go seven and two to stamp it. But six and three might get it done. You need to change the team. Shake things up. I wanted Amari Cooper. Okay? Dallas gives up a first-round pick. It was a little too rich. I get it. He was a guy that could have stretched the field. Another weapon for Carson Wentz. But go get Patrick Peterson, okay? Go get me a cornerback that can lock somebody down, be physical, and tackle, for Christ's sake. All right? I'm so sick of Ronald Darby making his decisions, his business decisions, not to tackle or not to contact anyone. Get off the field. If you don't want to tackle, get off the field. Because I can't take it anymore watching that dress out of corner. And seriously, somebody needs to step up. And then one other thing, Joe, and I'm all over the map right now, but my God. Preach on, brother. Preach on. Why do we wait to the fourth quarter to take a deep shot? Okay, finally, we take a deep shot to Alshon Jeffrey. What happens? Oh, boom, it's a miracle. We get a 48-yard <laughs> pass interference call. Boy, that's funny. Listen, the rules are tailored to the offense. Okay, so that means you can get a penalty one of three ways here. If you take shots, you either get a legal contact, you can get pass interference, or you can get defensive holding. They all result in first downs. Take some damn shots. They took a shot with Nelly in the Giants game. You got to take at least three to four shots. I don't care if you put DeAndre Carter in there. He can move. He's got some wheels. But take some shots. My God. Stop with the dink and the dunk. Let's take Let's try to move. I, and listen, I know we might not have the personnel, but even a squirrel finds a nut, if you know what I mean, just like we did. But we had to wait four quarters to throw the ball over 30 damn yards. It's ridiculous. And the play calling, Dougie P. I don't know if you're missing Friday with Frank Reich and, and Flip, okay? But you got to get a little more creative. And for you to come out with your press conference and criticize the media, you know, we're the ones watching 18 hours of film. Well, we watched the film too, Doug. And it's not that hard to know that you got to run the damn football a little more. Just like last year when you didn't run the ball and your player, Zach Ertz, called you out and said, we got to run the damn football. What'd you do the following week in San Diego? You ran the goddamn ball, Doug. All right? So stop getting so vanilla. Let's get the play calling and let coaches do your job. And Jim Shorts, have some balls and put Jalen Mills on the bench. Throw somebody else in there. They can't take it. They better bring the pain to Jacksonville. This weekend in London, there's a team that's got troubles at the quarterback position. You know, it's a fractured locker room. Go out in London this weekend at 9 a.m. and smoke them. Well, I love it. Good stuff, brother. I just wish that the, the Panthers had punted on 4th and 10, to be honest, and we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to start with with this. This football team deserves to be 3-4. and four. They deserve it. Penalties, missed opportunities, 
lack of execution, turnovers, drop passes, you name it. All those things absolutely reek of a 3-4 and four football team. Now, we will see. You talk about London this week. We will see. I believe this. We will see if this team respects Poopy Peterson. We will see if this team wants it that badly. We'll see if this team has a strong leadership group like we believe they do as a fan base. All those things are going to be tested because this is the first time there, that there is serious adversity around this team. Part of it was pregame, postgame, comments, little snippiness. We're going to find out if this football team wants it, if they want this to be the new norm, as Doug Peterson said when they won it all in February. Carson Wentz needs to step up. And I'm not pinpointing, let me make this very clear, I'm not pinpointing Sunday's loss to Carolina or anything else that's happened this season on Carson Wentz, okay? But Carson Wentz needs to step up, whether that's running the ball, making a better read, whatever. It's time for him to consistently put this football team on his shoulders. He's good enough. Is he putting too much pressure on himself? Is that what Doug Poopy Peterson was talking about postgame when he told the team the pressure's off now? Maybe it's Wentz. Maybe Wentz feels the pressure because he wasn't the guy that got the trophy first in Minneapolis on that podium. Maybe he's trying to do too much. Maybe he was trying to do too much on that last drive. Squeeze it in the end zone rather than take the short thing on the outside when Wendell Smallwood was so goddamn open that I was screaming from Des Moines, Iowa to just check it down to Smallwood. All right? The great ones do it. They put their team on their back. Carson Wentz is good enough. I believe Carson Wentz can do it. Now, the play calling doesn't help. And yes, and yes, Poopy Peterson, everybody in Philadelphia and beyond would love to be on the sideline with you making those tough decisions, visors on and all, okay? Everybody would, all right? I know it's not easy. We all know it's not easy as a fan base. We all know it's 2020 hindsight when you have a play call that doesn't work out or the execution's not there, the defense was ready for it, all right? We get all of that. But you get paid a boatload of money, okay? You get paid a boatload of money to make these decisions. And you know what we do as fans, Poopy Peterson? We spend our hard-earned money to watch your football team, whether that's at the games, whether that's traveling on the road, whether that's the NFL Sunday ticket, whether that's a goddamn web stream on your phone, going to a sports bar. We spend our money to watch the football team. We drink the beer from the beer company that builds a goddamn statue of you because you had one successful season. We buy the book you co-authored and give it to gifts as friends and fa- you know our friends and family. So I don't want to hear it, Poopy Peterson. Okay? Deal with the adversity and the scrutiny. The honeymoon is over. The Super Bowl was February. If you thought it was going to buy you an eternity, I kind of thought it might buy myself a little sanity football season. You know, a couple weeks in. Well, we're the champs. We're the champs. I'm tired of saying we're the champs. I do not want my Sundays ruined the way this Sunday was. Okay? I went from kissing the kids and hugging my wife with like, I don't know, 10 minutes left, 11 minutes left in that game, to praying for overtime, then to basically kicking the dog, I don't even have one, in about 10 minutes of game time. That's inexcusable and embarrassing for any team, let alone the defending freaking champs at home. A building where, going into this year, the Eagles had had the best record of any team in the NFL in their stadium over the last three years. Is this the worst start for a defending champion in the last 10 years? Seriously. Is it? It's somewhat rhetorical, but I'm not even sure. 
Okay? It's time to wake up, Philadelphia Eagles. You have more losses now than you had all of last season. You have one or two more losses, and then you're literally going to be in win-out mode. Win Sunday, rest up during the bye week. Get Sproles back, get Sidney Jones back, get Jernigan back, and make a run. The bulk of the division games start after the bye, and right now you're two games back. Time to wake up, Philadelphia Eagles, or stop wasting my time. I wish there was a way to know. Like, are you guys for real? Do you want this? Because if you don't want it in the locker room, if you don't want to figure it out, then why am I wasting my time, my, my heart rate, my anxiety, my anger... I'm going to smash a flat screen, and it's going to set me back at least 500 bucks. I don't want that. All right? So figure it out. It's time to figure it out. It's seven weeks in for crying out loud. You deserve to be three and four. Figure it out. By the way, John Mita, the Philadelphia Eagles now have lost twice after Thursday night games, which really infuriates me because I always, maybe I put too much stock in the extra rest and the extra time to prepare, but now they've lost two games that, they had the extra rest. So that's inexcusable. All right. What else you want to talk about, brother? I feel I feel a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, should we talk about Eric Green and Malcolm Jenkins? Yeah. Let's go. Let's let's I, I, I let's go back into this game though for a couple more minutes, all right? Because I've got a couple okay. plays that really loom large. All right. Sure. First sure. of all, the missed field goal in the first quarter. All okay. right. I, I don't know what Jake Elliott's deal is, but you want to talk about a short leash? Short leash, son. Short leash. And then the Brandon Brooks holding penalty on the Smallwood swing pass or screen pass, whatever the screen hell it was. Yeah. I mean, that's points before halftime for sure. That's, you know, put the early nail on the coffin. Those two plays there, you know, that that's essentially points off the board. It really was. And when you look back at a close game where you came up a little short, to me, those are two plays that happened earlier in the game. They're first-half plays, but loom large at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, just, just killers. I mean, this team all year with these penalties has just been, you know, when you make those, unfor- those unforced errors, it's just, it's just going to kill you every time. And, and, like, and it was such a, just, it was such a uh, clean game for the most part from the Eagles' standpoint. Like, I remember watching the first half, wow. and like, man, they're right. not taking a lot of the stupid penalties. They're playing football. They're yeah. moving, moving the ball. Yeah. The Panthers were punt, the punt, over. punt, 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 and then three straight drives with touchdowns. It's crazy, I man. Mean, that, it's, it, it, that, that, I think that's one of the most disappointing things, and I'm glad you brought that up. It's like, okay, give up a touchdown, fine, right? Then they miss the extra point. You're like, all right. I know, exactly. You I'm thinking up you're up 11 one. now. Yeah. Right. And then when you give up the second one, it's like, all right, is anyone going to get mad on this team? You're like, listen, we got to put an end to this right now. Like, you just didn't see that. Right. You didn't see that from anyone in the defense line. You didn't see anybody getting fired up, pissed off, talking trash. Well, Charles Davis, I, I know you deleted the game. Charles Davis pointed out in the broadcast. I, I had to watch second half tape delay, so I probably finished up about an hour after everybody. And I went off yeah. the grid. Jack Bauer off the grid, turned the phone off, whole nine yards. And Charles Davis with, I don't know, as the Panthers were rallying, Fox cut back to a TV timeout at some point when the game was still 17 nothing. And he showed, you know, the the Eagles defense dancing on the field, like a choreographed dance, probably to the hip-hop, rap music, whatever they were playing in the state. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, okay. I remember. And he said, lot, they, yeah. they flashed this back on Fox as the Panthers were rallying, and he said, man, at the time I was thinking, a lot of football left to be dancing, or something, I'm paraphrasing. You know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You sure. know, I get it, that was your M.O. last year, right? But you were 
burying teams. You were yeah, routing teams. Now, you have to grind it out. This Eagles team has to grind it out, okay? Every, they're yeah, not, every they're, game at home has been a nail-biter. Yeah. Coming down the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And it, was never, it was never like that. Even though that idiot Colin Cowherd again, he talks about how, how many one-possession games and whatever, but he's – this team, yeah, I, this team can't coast to wins like they did last season. They've got to grind it out. They got to earn it. They're not invincible, and they have to remember they're getting everybody's best shot. Look how Tampa Bay played them. Look how Tennessee played them. I thought both those teams were going to be like con- contenders for at least a playoff spot. They both stink. Yeah, they're terrible. And and again, it's and here's the deal, right? They're three and four right now. They should have won. You know, should could have won. It doesn't mean anything, but. Listen, this is the games they should have won. They should have put this game away. They should have won the Tennessee game. You know, at that point, now you're looking at what? You're what? Five and two? Yeah. Go through seven games, you're feeling good. You're like, all right, bring it on. And now you're going to have to battle and battle. We'll, we'll see what type of fight they have. I mean, it's, I just really do. I think they got to shake it up. they got to make a move at the deadline. You know, they can't stay in pad. A guy that I would love to have, Josh Gordon, you know, he, he's shaping up okay in New England right now. He just had his first 100-yard receiving game out there. I mean, you know, what do you do? Do you pull the trigger on a guy like Le'Veon Bell? I know he's only going to – I don't think so, man. I, I don't see I don't see even how a move really helps his team. I mean, what does it do? It, well, to me, this isn't like the hockey – this isn't like the hockey deadline where, I'm, you know, you I'm add not. the missing piece. I just feel like football is a sport, and granted, they added a Jai last year, turned yeah. out to be great, yeah, but you, usually right. you don't see yeah, these yeah. types of trades in the NFL. To me, like, I don't want to say this is a lost season because they can certainly turn it around, but if you're the if you're running this football team from an operations standpoint, you got to look at do we give up an asset, i.e. draft pick, in exchange for a guy that might not push us over the top. Yeah. And then again, that's why they only went in on a second rounder on Amari Cooper. Um, you know, they get a defensive strong where a guy like Patrick Peterson. Well and he's like yeah. top, top two corners in the league. I mean, you put him on defense and you gotta think about this. Listen, Ronald Darby, he's in a contract year. Peace, see you later. And the Jalen Mills, I don't know. And the thing is, with Sidney Jones coming back, you'll be able to free, you will have the money to sign to keep this guy under contract. So I I, mean, I don't know. I I think I'd go get Patrick Peterson because the one thing is he could definitely shore up some of the woes in the secondary. Because if you look at, yeah, we don't have some good enough playmakers as far as receivers, and you, we don't have good enough playmakers as far as, um, you know, running backs go, but if you could get, like, a defensive player like that, I think he could really help this football team. I'm not saying he's going to take you back to the promised land. I'm just saying at least one corner position on that football team would be locked down. And what a mentor he could be for a guy like Sidney Jones. Yeah, that's and a good have point. Those two guys, you know what I mean? Like, here's a guy that, you know, he mentored the Honey Badger, kind of got him on the straight, got him feeling good about himself and playing good football. I don't know. I would find a way to make Patrick Peterson a Philadelphia Eagle. If I, because right now there's no other moves out there that are probably right. going to help you. But I think he's the one guy. It's like their secondary has been trash, Joe. I mean, trash. I mean, Chill Milk gets beat week after week. Ronald Darby doesn't want to tackle anybody. The loss of Rodney McLeod, again, you would add another veteran in the secondary with Malcolm Jenkins, I think would be a great fit. I don't know how they get it done, how he's going to have to sprinkle some pixie, magic pixie dust, but 
that's what I would do if I was the GM. Listen, they they only gave up 21 points again. I mean, this defense, for as much heat right. as they're taking, the yeah. offense has scored more than 20-some points once, and it was against the terrible Giants, and the Giants sure. gifted them seven points a minute into the game with that with that pick. I mean, yeah. this this football team's got to look itself in the mirror and decide how badly they want it. If, if, and they're right. Go ahead, you're right. Sorry, I was buddy. just going to say, right. if, if, if last year's season was too long and too taxing, and all the fame and the city embracing them and the parade, if all that was enough for them, that's fine. Okay? That's fine. I get it. But don't come into the season talking the talk and then not walk the walk. That's the frustrating part, especially when the core is back, additions are made in the offseason where it was, you know, every poll question was, is this team better than last year? Well, clearly, through seven weeks, they ain't. So whether that's not having Wentz to start, not having Jeffrey to start, not having Jernigan, whatever, I don't care what the reason is. There's a bunch of them, I'm sure, but this football team is is in gut check time right now. They've been smacked in the mouth. They've been punched in the teeth. They should have their pride and, you know, their their manhood should have been stripped after this game Sunday because this wasn't like you got waxed. This was this was this was a game that was in control. And now in the pit of your stomach, it should just absolutely burn. And we'll see. We will see quickly, I think, in London. And I know it's a tough spot. I, I dreaded this game when the schedule came out because, I, to me, athletes are creatures of habit, what have you. Jacksonville's been going out there the last couple of years. I know the Jags are a grease fire, and we all expected this to be a tough game anyway because of Jacksonville's defense, and it might still be. But if you're going to step up and show up there's no better time to get it done now with the bye week coming because if you want your time off, you know NFL players are. They want that extra few days off. Head coach yeah. never gives it to a team that loses. So you want to yeah. earn that time off, you got to get it done Sunday in London. And God forbid this football team ruins my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I ain't down with that because they've ruined my afternoons. They've ruined my nights. They've ruined my weeks. But never before have I watched an Eagles game this early in the morning for them to have the chance to ruin my whole goddamn day. I ain't, yeah. I ain't having that. <laughs> well, I think, too, if you look at it, right, the barometer, right, you know, as a defensive unit, your goal is basically to hold the team to 17 points or less. Right. That was, you know, that was Jim, Jim Johnson, Johnson's yeah. major thing, right? And now in this league with this just, just, I mean, it's just offense, offense, offense. If you don't score more than 24 points a game, then it's going to be hard for you to win football games yep. unless you're – you know, unless your defense is the '85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they're, I think the Eagles right now are 22nd in scoring, and I think they're top five in points allowed, if I'm not mistaken. I I think you're right on the money there. So, but it's just all right. Let's <sighs> jump to uh, let's jump to this Eric Reed and and Malcolm Jenkins thing. Um, I don't have much to say on it. It just to me it was salt in the wounds after it just a gut wrenching loss because after the game you've got the leader of your team, one of them a pillar in the community, a person that I consider a role model for kids from an athlete standpoint, and who knows what goes on behind the scenes. But I think if you were to poll Philadelphia, Malcolm Jenkins, good guy, bad guy, good guy. Malcolm Jenkins, great for the community, or who cares? Great for the community. I mean, you go down the list. I think he checks all the boxes. All right, and who knows? Maybe guys in the locker room think he's phony. I don't know. But but to me, to me, 
it just sucked for Malcolm Jenkins after a game like that to stand in front of his locker and have to deal with hearing that Eric Reed called him a sellout and a coward because Eric Reed and Malcolm Jenkins aren't seeing eye to eye on the issues that they were trying to be at the forefront of after Colin Kaepernick essentially got things started for the NFL players and the Players Association. Eric Reed thinks that Malcolm Jenkins is trying to capitalize on the situation. He jumped to the forefront. Eric Reed was out of football. I don't know why. He seems like a good player. There was talk maybe the Eagles should even sign him because they needed safety help. Eventually ends up in Carolina, what have you. I don't like the way Eric Reed approached it. Bottom line, I don't care what he thinks of Malcolm Jenkins. There's a time and a place for that. It's not the coin toss, and it's certainly not post-game to roast the guy. All right? Would, would Eric yeah. Reed have popped off if the Panthers had lost that game? I don't know. But Eric Reed doesn't yeah. seem like a good guy to me. Um, no. Again, I'm biased here. But to me, Malcolm Jenkins got done wrong. I felt bad for him to have to sit there and answer those questions. No matter who's right and wrong in this situation, I felt bad for Jenkins to have to sit there after one of the most difficult losses to swallow probably of his career to sit there and have to talk about politics and how somebody else views him when really they should be fighting the same fight. Yeah. Um, I think people that don't know the background of the story, Obviously, Eric Reed stood with Colin Kaepernick. They were really instrumental in making, you know, this protest a national thing um, by kneeling. Um, once the owners met with the Players Association, two of the leaders that two of the leaders on that front, the social injustice front, were Malcolm Jenkins and Anquan Bolden, who's now retired. Um, and basically, they came to a compromise. Listen, the owners put up ninety million dollars in order to give up money to, to, you know, to help battle these social injustice issues in the community and what have you. I think Eric Reed's calling him a sellout because, like he said, that he had a goal in mind. Well, you know, his goal was to get money from the owners to, to, to develop some of these programs. I think he's calling him a sellout because no longer, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, he probably still holds his fist in the air, but he doesn't take a knee. And I think that's where Eric Reed's calling him a sellout. I agree with you. Do it before the game. A little ridiculous. Again, I don't know why the Eagles didn't jump down Eric Reed's throat and try to smash him. You know, nobody comes into your house talking that crazy. And then after the game, and listen, you know, the word sellout is a very powerful world word. Um, especially you know, when it comes, especially, especially, John, I mean, it's sorry to cut you off. When it comes to race, yeah, no I mean, you're talking about yeah. African-Americans. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, or how, African-Americans yes. dealing with white people. Yes. With white Americans. Yeah. I agree. It's like those are those like are hate. It, those are fight. Those are fighting words. They're fighting words. Yes, absolutely. And and so that and you got to give Malcolm credit, man. He took the high road. He's like, listen, I'm happy he's back in the National Football League that he has a job again. You know, but it's just it's just crazy. But you know, it's, it's just the whole situation was just ridiculous. But and listen, I know what they're standing for. I get it. But again, it was kind of just killer. Thing that just rubbed you the way about how things transpired in the game. But yeah. listen, they won, you know, and uh, we just, uh, and, and uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, that's all I got. I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. Listen, but, but. did the Sixers win? I know they were in overtime. No, they lost oh. five points in overtime. Blake Griffin dropped 50 on them. Unbelievable. Brutal. You know, so hopefully Ben Simmons, while he's getting, you know, some some rehabilitation on his back. Maybe he's also shooting some jump shots in the gym. Real quick, for all the people that want to kill Fultz, and I get it, okay, the kid hasn't shot that well this year, but let's also look in the mirror, man. I don't think Ben Simmons spent his offseason practicing his jumper either. 
Sorry, too many bike rides with Kendall Jenner. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Hey, what do you got I'm going? What do you got going Sunday? You're not going to London. What do you got? No, I'm going to actually be in a wedding in Lancaster. So I'll be on Sunday. The- <laughs> oh, well, no, the wedding Saturday oh. night. But I'll be waking up at the hotel bar at the Garden of Eden in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, sipping on some Bloody Marys with my Eagles jersey right in the bar. And yes, I extended my stay, so I'm not going anywhere, baby. The Eagles All are the right. Garden of Eden in Lancaster, PA. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna fire up a uh, little breakfast. I'm there gonna get go. after it. 8:30 a.m. Central start. I'm, I'm thinking the alarm goes off about 7:15, 7:30, right about the time the kiddos are stretching out of bed, and boom, get right into it. So I don't yeah, want. I don't want my day ruined. I don't want my day ruined. Uh, I think. I think they're gonna come back and give us some joy again. You know, they have to. We'll see. We'll see how they respond. I mean, if they're not angry about this loss, if they come out. And laying egg in London, and I think you just put a wrap on the season. I hate to say that, but listen, the time is now. So we'll see. You know, we'll see how they respond. All right, Sledgehammer taking us out. Bring the Sledgehammer to the Jags. Appreciate everybody giving 30 minutes of your time to the Brotherly Love Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. We were fired up, as we all, as we know you were, certainly as well. All right, everybody. We'll catch you after the birds hopefully beat the Jags. We'll have a little bi-week conversation. We'll be much more peaceful and calming in the next episode of the Brotherly Love Podcast. For John Mead and Joe O'Donnell, go birds, fly, eagles, fly, pound the Jags, and then uh, ride the tube back from London to Philly. (laughs) So next time, we'll see Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. 